I wouldn't. Pirates is not life is not for me. All right. It's not. And it's important you all really understand that about me. It's not for me. It's okay. We appreciate you sharing your childhood story about how you almost (laughs) lost a five figure discount. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I do think treasure hunting is is a good addition to the game. The world of Vera was truly waiting to be rediscovered. Many would arrive and seek the trails left by the Pathfinders while exploring the world to carve out their own destinies. Of course, there would always be those treasure hunters who would seek the hidden wealth long left behind by those who fled during the Great Exodus. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, the cozy ever murder bunny, Faisal. Greetings. (laughs) No denial, just want to note that. All right, everybody, before we dig in too far, got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast. And what is that, everybody? AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are many of you right here in chat, live on Twitch, over on Patreon and YouTube. Thank you so much for keeping the community's flames bolstering greater week after week. Speaking of the week, and the fact we're on episode 186, you want to do us a solid, go over to uh, the Twitter after 186 episodes and finally give us a five-star review, leave a comment. We can read that right here live. But Sim, (laughs) where is that exactly? That would happen to be pinned over at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. You see it right there pinned at the top with all the podcast places. It would be greatly appreciated Um, if you're not wanting to do that, but you want to like let your voice be heard then you could call into 1-539-664-6801. Leave a voice message for us here. We can play it live on the show. Also, you can just shoot us a mail if you'd like at ashespathfinder.gmail.com. And uh, the Pathfinder grunt out there somewhere in the uh, ethereal realm will get that to us because fantasy things. Um, let me think here, friends. Well, Knights of the Phoenix, the guild... The spearhead of this community is recruiting, right? All the homies, right? We're focusing on building a core. Um, it's a community-based skill, which means we're in it for the long term together, regardless of the games. But Ashes is the next big game we will be digging into, um, seeking our teeth into. But if you uh, like the, <laughs> if you like Dark Overlord things, we got Casting Coffin on V Rising. Wait, what? Oh, anyway, uh, what other things do I talk about? Community days happen on Fridays. We had a really fun one last week. We kicked Solaris's ass in V Rising, and it was, oh, that was such a, oh, it was so good. We coordinated it well. Everybody was on their A game, uh, and we kicked their ass, and uh, we can rest easy for at least a couple months until, um, you know, the future patches in V Rising. Yes, it was quite the fang bang. 
It was. That's what happens at the end. This is not a <laughs> look. I feel like there's this is going to not work out well for me, but I'm going to say it anyway. OK, the fang bane. So basically what happens, you might want to back up away from the your audio devices when I say this is if we take down the boss, we got to feed on them to gain the stuff and things, if you will. And that we all wait. So no one misses out. We'd hate for somebody to miss out on a good old fashioned. Would I scream fang bang? We, I scream fang bang and we all jump on them. We sink our teeth into them. We, we, we feast on some blood and it's vampire game phase. Why are you doing that? Why are you, like, well, I call it the fang bang. I like it. Why, Why not? Why not? <laughs> because that can be misinterpreted. Yeah. misinterpreted in are so you, many ways. Are you? Are you? <laughs> hold on. Are you going? Are you going off on me for coming up with that? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm actually no, going to admit no, that. No, don't, don't. <laughs> I, you ruined it. I was going to be. I wanted him to go. Yes, yeah, Sim, because it actually implies blah blah blah. And I was going to be like, jokes on you. Daedalus is the one that came up with it, actually. So I really, also came up with casting coffin too. Did, so I'm two for two. I need to come up with the third one <laughs> oh, to complete the trilogy. Those are not my <laughs> things. You see what I'm saying? So you go, oh, Sim, Dark Overlord. I'm like, actually. Let's real talk here. That's a day day thing. That's Dark Overlord day day. No, no, no. Actually, the Dark Overlord <laughs> is still you. I did take no mean? credit for that whatsoever. No. no, I disagree. I don't think that's a me thing. I think that's actually, uh, anyway. <clears throat> Other things in the community to talk about. Um, I think in regard to community day here soon, we're actually going to, I'm going to spin up an ARC server, uh, potentially an additional one. If you've never played ARC, and I'm going to, this is for the Ashes homies here. This is going to be a good frame of reference if you genuinely want to understand stuff around animal husbandry, and this isn't like something you've done before, it's going to be a community server. You just got to be part of our community, right? Most of you are anyway. Clearly you're here. Um, but I'm going to spin up a server in ARC, and we'll have like the home base server where people can hang out, build their stuff and things as a survival game. And then the thing about ARC, and then I have a secondary server that will rotate where you can go and travel to another map. And every month it'll change and you can go run over there. You can do your things. You can tame your animals and you're going animal husbandry sim. ARC is probably the only game I've played where... That's like a pretty rich snapshot of a system like that. You go, you tame your your creatures, you get a male, you get a female, you breed them, you try to unlock different traits, you try to go for different stats. It's a pretty interesting uh, uh, snapshot of animal husbandry from my perspective. It's certainly the, the best one I've had in gaming. So there you go. If you're interested in trying something like that out, I'm going to be rolling that up probably in the next week. And uh, we'll be doing that for some community nights, I'm sure. Um, also, Alpha One VODs are going to Ashes HQ, right? Shout out to everybody who's been tuning in, commenting, liking them, supporting uh, the channel's growth. It's been growing steadily. It's nice. And go check out our forums on Ashes HQ. Definitely wanting some people to kind of drop some different topics so we can kind of bring, it up, bring them up here on the show. But for today, I'm going to be pulling from a couple YouTube comments. Uh, we had Glenberg, who was actually here on Friday before we did community day was we did some ashes talk. Um, speaking of ashes talk, we've actually got, Oh, wait for it. Y'all right. We've got, not only do we have, did we get a, get back on getting a game guide up last week? Shout out to Alfina. Um, part of some work team there we've got we've got a nice method going forward right we we knock it them out we did an ashes talk last week intrepid versus pay to win and then we got the game guide on castles up and we'll be getting about a game guide a week right now so i'm actually going to be fast tracking us and doing one a week so we will get done with all the page game guides well before the end of the year which means 
you're going to start to see some uh, curated Ashes discussion content that's more oriented towards some of the things you saw me doing probably two years or so ago. Um, if anybody remembers the, the Game is Not a Lie video, some of the reasons I was excited for Ashes videos, some of those things. So there you go. We're going to piggyback today, though, off of um, the... We're going to probably start with that, actually. Um, but tomorrow we are going to be having a... Ashen Herald article go up. That'll be up tomorrow. I'm assuming we're going to have the Ashes live stream on Friday, although you all called it last week. They haven't announced it yet. They usually do it by now. So I'm surprised we didn't see them announce it yet because, like, if they don't do it till tomorrow, it's, like, only giving people, like, two to three days probably to get questions in um, if they do it Friday, which I don't see them pushing it to next month. That's going to be, like, the first week of next month if they don't do it on friday so yeah it was a little that was a little weird uh that they didn't haven't already gotten that out yet um yeah anyway catch up with the cast how you guys been doing man what, what's been up the past week for y'all anything in the ashes realm that's really stood out for you um and not not much from my perspective i mean it just like you know some good discussion in last week's you know podcast I was actually looking forward to this one um just because i'm really into exploring the world and treasure hunting is kind of an exciting opportunity i know you know sim you're all into that and you know ninjing of chess so you've got that you know down so wait did I just, you plan I, this was this planned no no this <laughs> ah, actually came yeah. right off the cuff That's but there, there might have been some <laughs> some suggestion from the chat about this so what? i decided to you know Betrayed by my own chat so fast. I just now got to start talking to you damn people, man. Well, what, what do you mean? They're in alignment with your choices, Sim. These are your choices, and they're just mm, no. taking those choices and producing more of them. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's lies and slander, I tell you. And just because Stephen <laughs> Sharif tells you all you should believe something, don't doesn't mean it's true sometimes he trolls have you not done the troll count when we watch the dev live streams for fuck's sakes we talk about this every week you guys and gals are you serious mm. free thinking is important people yeah is but it? along those really lines we, pro <laughs> we, we probably need like you know a dark overlord and no ninja looting counter for the streams each time i think that would uh, be good i'm not no i will not i will not um i refuse you're, you're not enabling that behavior <laughs> so is free loot right sim magisto traders among us what's actually going on this is ridiculous. You all are, you should just, you should really um, take a hard look at your lives. Um, if you think that lying about an innocent light bringer is, uh, is, is like how you really want to invest your energy in life. <laughs> and all they do is double down with the ninja loot emote. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, next, next phase of all, all this shenanigans mm -hmm. would be creating a meme where, God. Sim takes loot and says, this is not your loot. This is our loot. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, is this, um, I feel like you're trying to plant some seeds for people to grow, Faisal. No, well, I, think I, I think there's a new term that I'm yeah. thinking about that we should discuss maybe in a future podcast. Oh. It's called loot splaining. 
when oh, you know sim ninjas that is wrong dude that is so wrong <laughs> but, but well played that was very well played uh I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody's I, th- I think what yeah what Faisal was talking about was loot splaining you know what I mean yes, you know it's, so it's not okay. your loot it's our loot you oh know? my god when the words I create are used against me and redefined this is not okay this is not okay <laughs> <laughs> these people in chat i'm just i'm y'all are watching and live on youtube and that's why i say you just got to be here live or you just don't you just miss out on this sort of stuff it's really great you get to see exactly how much harassment was actually happening real time in chat um so maybe in that maybe maybe you shouldn't tune in live then actually because i don't need more people could, joining you could in. participate no in that no it's yeah, not fun no. Come see us live. Mm-mm. That's where all the fun happens. It is true, though. It's very much true, though. But I'm looking forward to your article tomorrow, man. It's going to be nice to yeah, actually get that yeah, out. Me, yeah, me too. Just a, not too much of a spoiler, but it is actually talking a little bit about character, RP, story. And kind of that was something that I think was on the community's mind. So I had written that. Um, had to do a little bit of updating because since then they released something that I needed to talk a little bit about in the article, but it, uh, yeah, looking forward to everyone's comments and appreciate the ones that have uh, participated meat hooks, brown mm-hmm. rice, uh, and so on um, in the past. So I really appreciate uh, that engagement. I have got two more articles possibly that I've got in queue for the next couple of months, but if you do have any ideas, feel free to shoot me a DM mm-hmm. uh, either on Twitter or on discord, um, or I'm also in, you know, Sims community discord too. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of which, if you want to do me a solid, this is where I'm going to promote my own IP and fantasy world that I'm working on writing as we speak. Um, I've got a website, a discord and social media. There it is. Yeah. There you go. And apparently some people got some leaks after community day on Friday. It was not purposeful, but you know, it's really funny. We were talking about before the show started, in that moment, I was like, oh, no, I was Steven. I literally leaked and I was like, oh, shit. Uh, luckily, it wasn't anything too, um, you know, too, too pertinent to story, but it was definitely world building stuff. The cool thing is, is I'm letting the people in the community there sort of like guide me on, you know, like showcasing information, things that will sort of be supplemental around the world. So people can kind of like explore certain stuff and things without actually knowing what the story specifically is. So it's been pretty cool. Let's uh, let's dig into some of the ashes stuff. Um, I got a note from Skylark. So shout out to Skylark um, was here on Friday and actually was like, hey, Sam, um, did you hear about that? Uh, did you hear about the uh, job fair in August in Vancouver? And I was like, what? So they're having one apparently. So yeah, I don't have the details on hand. I didn't grab that, but I'm sure it's out there um, on social. I was trying to get the link. I just ran out of time to grab it. But yeah, if you're in Vancouver area uh, that and you're interested, I mean, there you go, man. That's going to be cool. Um, what else? We're going to jump into some of the YouTube stuff though. Um, and we got a nice... Uh, discussion to showcase from Glumberg on YouTube. And, but before we do that, I want to kind of relate to some topics that are on the Ashes Talk video. Keeping in mind, this was around Intrepid versus Pay to Win. Um, check out the video if you want to know the context, but I'm going to grab a couple comments here. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to do this one right here. This Alessandro uh, said some stuff that I thought was really cool to share. Said the game looks very promising. Your philosophy is what's really selling it to me. Um, 
but I'm going to say, don't take my word for it. Do your own due diligence, do your own research. It's very important you do that, right? I can vouch that what I state is true, but don't only take my word for it. I encourage you to also do your own research and um, validate that. Um, so coming from 12, this is a wow reference. Don't cringe too hard, Daedalus. Coming from sporadic 12 years of World of Warcraft and having tried New World, I noticed that I have a hard time to adjust to something that isn't wow-like. Now, this is going to be an interesting topic, guys. Said in wow-like in terms of graphics. Now, World of Warcraft clearly has more more like cartoon sort of animated style to it versus like a realistic animation style. Um, said New World was very good, but kind of soulless. Put a pin on that one. And really, I hope that I can change my mind with with like the style that we're, we're sharing here, uh, saying having armors and weapons, cosmetics and shop for real money. It's kind of a bummer for immersion and it kills or kind of kills and bite the feeling of chasing that incredible set feeling it says yet. I realized it's a pick your poison type situation and in terms of monetization. I think that, um, it's the right choice. Um, keep going forward, my friends. I'm eager to play the game. So there were a couple things there, right? Like killing immersion, I thought was an important reference point. Um, talking about that chasing of sets, you know, when, and I think that we could probably have a lot of conversation around there. And then the idea of, of a game feeling soulless. So I think those three things specifically would be pretty interesting to sort of dig into and talk about a bit. Did you guys have any thoughts around, um, that, that statement or those bullet points I kind of laid out? So, <laughs> so many, <laughs> Faisal, could you go ahead just so I can wind it up a little on my end? Yeah, he was ready to go. <laughs> no, it's just like it's it's a little bit everywhere where what he's trying to suggest. Like, mm. what does he mean by soulless? Does he mean there's a lot of things that can make an MMO soulless? Uh, mm-hmm. First off, is players. Is there enough players playing uh, New World? Uh, um, that's one. Two, uh, the, the systems in place, does it emphasize um, how NPCs talk to you, to how animals interactions, to all of these things? Um, if those are not done right, or it's just, uh, let's say, because there's two types of ways that people can do it, either the theme park route or the World of Warcraft route, which technically turned into a theme park later Yeah, on. true. Um, so you have those two types of interactions, and doing it soulless is basically not having a good story if they're going for the World of Warcraft route. Um, um, the third thing that would come into play is the theme of everything that's around you like if everything is just mixed up together let's say from a forest biome to a desert biome to a snow biome and all these just combined together then doesn't really make sense on the placements um it kind of gives you a a non-realistic nor even if you think about it in a fantasy way it just doesn't make sense it's not comfortable to the eye um there's a lot to to unfold this is a can of yeah. worms <laughs> yeah i definitely yeah. have yeah. my perspective on that but dayless yeah feel free to chime in there yeah this is definitely like down the rabbit hole for me like the some yeah. of the key things that i really like felt as a player in both world of warcraft and new world um on the topic of story though i will say um 
One of the things that I, to this day, will still stand by in a positive way with World of Warcraft is they did hone their ability to deliver story through their cinematics, like down to like a needle point. It was like perfect. Every time, like there was very evocative cinematics. I I could say that like with one exception with the Dragonflight cinematic wasn't something that really like resonated, but majority of the cinematics have always delivered story really well. Now the like the broader game, there were some issues there that I would I mean I would you know speak to, but generally the story felt like, oh hey, this is like this is really deep, right? From a lore perspective, any lore because not only I felt like they were like well crafted, but they referenced and they leveraged characters that became important to you, whether it was in the expansion itself or historically, right? From the lore, if you played like Warcraft and Warcraft three and so on. Mm -hmm. And so, so that was like the part of me that I think is a positive, but I do feel like over the years, what was to wow's detriment was continuing to tack on different plot devices in order to just can to have an artificial level of continuity right i think we all talk about warlords of draenor as mm. as one of those expansions i think yeah. early on before i really experienced it i kind of like the idea i'm kind of a time travel like junkie in terms of stories i love time travel stories this just didn't hit the mark for me right um but as far as like other things I agree with Faisal, like the community or lack of community can can suck a soul out of a game. Um, I think just repetitive gameplay loops, right? Unimaginative gameplay loops. Those are the kind of like dailies. Like that's something I can't remember what context I was thinking about this this week. Um, it might have been when I was trying to put together some ideas for one of the articles, the upcoming articles. And I was like, oh, I got to talk about dailies. Because that's like one of the like true dude worst things that I've ever seen implemented in yeah, any game. I agree. And it continues to be like something that a lot of developers use to say, like it's it's almost like a standard bread and butter thing when most of the time, like people hate that type of gameplay. At least, you know, in like in the community that I've interacted with, there's rarely people that love it. I mean, there's people that love grinding, like just going and killing mobs. And even I like, you know, I don't have a problem doing that. But when I'm just having to do the same quests over and over and it becomes like this repetitive job like thing, it just that sucks the soul out of a game for me, too, because there's nothing interesting to vary the gameplay. Right. Even if you have the same quests per se, what if something dynamic happened in between like and, mm. and, and, and put a new spin on it? Uh, that would be kind of a way I would I would look at it in, in terms of maybe improving that and still having something where there's some sort of gameplay loop that is rewarding in some level. But yeah, I mean, I would say with, with New World, I think the graphics part I want to touch on. I never really. Um, loved world of warcraft's art style i tolerated it there were certain expansions that are like man i love this zone but rarely would i say cohesively i love the art in world of warcraft um so i'm actually really excited when 
initially like we heard about ashes and they talked about unreal now they're moving to unreal 5 right you know or recently they moved unreal 5 that they're leveling up that part of it because that was one of the things i'm like if i had like at the time i was really into wow i was still thinking man if they came out with the world of warcraft 2 and it was like more i don't want to say realistic but it was more like you know less cartoony i would have been all over that now Things have happened, not necessarily interested in World of Warcraft, period. But that's kind of what I really like gravitated to initially is something more visually appealing that, you know, felt more like, you know, an immersive single player experience. But now it's something you can play with friends. So that was, you know, that was uh, probably like my opinions on, like I said, it's all over the place, a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I, I think it did bring up some good points that I think resonate with me as a player. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that was interesting with world of Warcraft too, because when they got to that, was it around Kata maybe when they broke the world broke the world, everything. And they like, they updated the textures. They started updating textures at that point. And I felt like when that happened, like it was still cartoonish, but it was like, it felt more stylized, which I, you know what I mean? I mean, I know that like it had its own style before, but also like you see a lot of games even now that could look like they're just a World of Warcraft game because that there wasn't like um I don't know there there wasn't like as much character as I think they then later added which caused it to feel more stylized if that if that actually resonates I feel like that's how I conceptualize it at least um but when I heard the word solace I was like I get that because to me at least from my perspective, right? And like Faisal said, I agree. There's like a lot of things that I think can cause the game to actually feel as if it were soulless. Um, and I think a part of that might depend on also what it is that we as individual players, like actually our preferences are. Like, what do we like about MMORPGs? What do we invest in? Um, what causes that, uh, our experience in that that capacity of that that system in a game, that specific cutout of enjoyment, like what allows us to feel fulfilled? Like, does it feel like a full enriching experience for us in those things that we enjoy doing? Um, for me, my reference for Solus would be a game with a with that just feels like it's nothing but a bunch of systems. Um, so, what would cause it to feel like it was Solus is if it was just systems and there wasn't like any narrative between characters there wasn't any like personality to them there wasn't like some kind of a a rich story and like lore a background to the world and i do think that that happens a lot with games i did now i didn't play new world but that was kind of a part of what about it it seemed a little bit soulless to me because it just felt more specifically systems and then people were like oh but their story and i'm like yeah but it seems like you gotta work really hard for you know for some like you know, crumbs or something is what it felt like. It seemed like, and I haven't seen anything yet that makes me think otherwise at this point. Uh, the other discussion around like the actual solace is kind of like its own thing, but the talk as it was a uh, pay to win versus like intrepid sort of topic was the, the, the picking your poison. Um, I inherently don't really care for cash shops. I'd prefer if it was either I, I, I would be wholeheartedly good with like a super minimal cash shop. You buy the game, the expansions, you pay for the sub. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You know, um, I, much. yeah. And I think intrepid, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for merchandise too. 
right? When you get to a point where you're going to have a game, like if you do that, or even if you just have submodel, I think Intrepid potentially could do really well just submodel, especially if they have like a, just a, a really rich merchandise store. Um, and they certainly have that on the table, which is really great because I'd buy shirts. I'd buy, you know, different, you know, trinkets and things to set up on my shelf. I've got plenty of um, other games that I'm recently gotten rid of that I could replace with Asha stuff, you know, so that would be cool. But yeah, I think you do have to pick your pick your poison. And if the poison I'm picking is like, uh, you know, from my perspective, this isn't a white knight perspective. Some people think it's white knighting. If you're like, oh, just talk about all the driving points that Intrepid does, be a shell for him. Well, real talk, like the thing that resonates with me is like, do I care for cash shop? No, not really. But if you're going to do a cash shop that's not pay to win or pay to convenience, which predominantly plagues the, the industry, right? No battle passes, none of that stuff. You're going to keep it honest. You're not going to have pay to win or pay to convenience. And you adhere to your own tenant and vision in which the best looking things are earned in game. If you do that, well, you know, and you got a rich merch store, I think you're going to thrive and do just fine. I think you can combat that general trend of pay to convenience, pay to win, battle passes, et cetera. They're pretty much everywhere. Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that as well. Um, I definitely have one other point on this one to hit on, but I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, I would tend to agree with you um, there too. I mean, I'm not necessarily a fan of of cash shops in general. I mean, I would say I minimally like did that with WoW, and I played that you know game over 15 years off and on. Um, but I would say, uh, like the what Intrepid's doing, I'm I'm okay with. Right, cosmetics are, are nice. I do agree with the merchandise bit. That is something that, again, like I rarely in other like games have ever like wanted merchandise for whatever reason. I yeah. I do with with Ashes. I just I just like the theme. I like you know whatever we've learned about the lore, and so I would like to see some of that. I mean, I'd love to see them do like at some point right when we start seeing some of the major characters in the overall story mm -hmm. i'd love to see like you know statues or figurines or something we could yeah. do um even like something where we could do like our characters like what you know some of the things that you know the wow oh, yeah. you mm -hmm. know culture has done i think that would be great because again it just it's just something like really cool um to do um so yeah i would be totally okay with um the merch the merch piece as well and i think one other just one other point just not to like belabor like on mm -hmm. on the soulless bit um that i was thinking about oh no i think i might have just forgotten it but um <laughs> but but generally like with with uh with wow i think the issue uh, i remember now the issue around systems that you talked about is actually something like i totally resonate with too because the systems that I saw in WoW, what there was two problems with them. One is every expansion brought, and I'm gonna air quotes, new systems in, yeah. and it felt like they were just add-on after add-on after add-on with no continuity. But at the same time, there was continuity, but not in a good way, because you then you got like, oh hey we have like i don't know a mission table like in this expansion oh now we have an order hall table in this one so it like it became the same thing it's like this isn't new this is the same thing you did like multiple expansions ago 
and it doesn't build on anything. It just reskins the same system. Absolutely. And so that's again like another way that I think you know any new developers should avoid as well. It's like if you're going to build the system, and I think even something in chat actually made me think about it in regards to lore, is plan that lore, those systems out for years. Even if you don't necessarily think, hey, I don't know if we're going to be at a 10-year or 15-year mark, like plan, start planning that out and really thinking that through because it helps you get better prepared and get ahead of the same trap that I think WoW has gotten into. It just feels like they're kind of pulling stuff together each year or so. And it's, it's again, it's, it's tacked on, it's not linked, but then, or if it is linked, it's linked in a, not in a good way from a player standpoint, it's repetitive once again. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like this, the reskinning of systems, I think is like a big one too. When you, you know, it's like, we got something new for you. And then you see it and you're like, this feels like you took a lot of the mechanics from something I've already enjoyed and just kind of like tinkered with it, cut up pieces of it, put it together, something else and repackaged it. And it's like, just feel like I'm kind of jumping over and doing the same thing, but different. I don't, yeah, it's, and it's usually like hyped with FOMO, obviously, right? Like hype it up if you're missing out, you know, um, any thoughts, Faisal? No, really. I, I agree with most of what you guys said. So yeah, right on, man. Um, so I'm going to kind of move on from that one. I wanted to hit on one from Meat Hooks over there on YouTube as well, who's also in the chat. Shout out, homie. Um, he said, brother, in, in my mind, Asha just has to stay the course. Oh, I like what you did there. Stay the course. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the cream. Well, it always rises to the top, doesn't it? It's all in the obvious care being taken in development, listening to the devs that Steven brings on for the updates to highlight what they've been working on. You can hear the passion for this project in their voice. Game is definitely going to have what it takes to withstand the test of time, where these other games just drop off and rely on Wells to finance the service going forward. I think all of this pay-to-win nonsense coming from those other studios and their corporate overlords is just helping Intrepid look even better. Very well said. I would say I agree with that wholeheartedly, actually. I feel like that sums up my my own sentiment quite well. And I hope that when they stand the test of time that the those other games just hurt. I mean, I, I genuinely want that corporate AAA studios to hurt because hey, I'm telling you, dark overlord everywhere. No, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, why is he? Why is Basil smiling like he's so happy right now? That's why. Unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, Steven said this himself. He oh wants to grow roses, build bridges, oh, and, and stuff on. like that. And you're here, destroy <laughs> and burn <laughs> and pillage. Like. I don't know. Should Faisal, are you judging me right now? Yes. Should a murder bunny judge a dark overlord? <laughs> if the dark overlord is real. What do you 100%. mean? A hundred percent. I go oh, by the sword. I live by the sword. Then, maybe. <laughs> what does that mean? Unbelievable. You keep using that word, Sim. What about it, Cheryl? Oh my gosh, dude. I can't believe. Uh, it's uh, unbelievable. Okay. Glunberg on YouTube actually brought this up. Said, Sim, is there any chance you could consider bringing this topic up in a future podcast episode? Sure looks like we could, homie. 
That's what these like, because we get that one week roughly in the month where we get to kind of just really showcase a bunch of really cool um, topics and like feedback and thoughts from the community. And this is a good one. So I have another thing that I hope to get your opinion on. Um, now, Glenberg actually left the comment on the last podcast along with this one. So I encourage you, if you want to see some more of what you thought, shared, go check it out, comment, share your own thoughts there as well. But I have another thing that I hope to get your opinion on. And it says, if I have not misunderstood, Intrepid with not having voice acting in Ashes, and this saddens me, not just because voice acting helps immerse me in the world, but because I'm dyslexic. In other words, I'll probably lose a lot of lore and context because I will not have the time and energy to fight through the text. So what do you guys think of the possibility of a text-to-speech function in Ashes? To me, that is as valid as customizable uh, options for colorblindness, and Stephen can relate to that. Text-to-speech functions have improved a lot over the years and could possibly be something that non-dyslexic people also would enjoy. I just want to point out that this is not a make-or-break it when it comes to Ashes, but since they are making the best game ever, they could be pioneering this function into the game so its richness is even more accessible to people like me so keep up the great work you do you too homie because that was a stellar comment in fact that was a really good topic Mm -hmm. for today i i think that's yeah if that's something they could integrate in relatively easily and well and i don't i'm thinking of like ai these days right and like a lot of options that already exist software wise that could potentially be utilized I don't know from a programming perspective uh, how how easy that would be to integrate in, but that's actually a very interesting idea, especially since voice acting is not going to be in. What do you guys think about that? I mean, that would be a hell of a thing for Intrepid to integrate in. I wonder how difficult it would be initially. I mean, yeah, and they could also integrate with like, I mean, even like Microsoft has, you know, text to speech settings, right? Default. So even just integrating that versus developing their own would could be a potential possibility, right? Depends on whether or not the overlords in Microsoft will allow them to do that, but that's a different topic. Um, I and I'm all about accessibility, right? I think the fact that, you know, even like Stephen, notwithstanding being colorblind, having those options, being able to have really customizable UI. So those of us that are, you know, ocularly challenged can expand text, et cetera. All those I'm totally a fan of. I think it's it's really important just from an accessibility standpoint to to have those types of features. I will say, too, and it's going to be a transition. Um, and I think actually Meatloaf uh, Media in, in chat a while back mentioned something about this too is that it is going to be a rough transition because you're you know you've got players from wow that are really used to pay for convenience really used to kind of basic features and having to deal with add-ons to be able to get features mm-hmm. that they don't see you know it is it's there's a lot on intrepid because they made a decision not to do add-ons which even though I've been an add-on junkie in the past I'm totally okay with um, I think it's important that they not only consider that transition, but also if they want to bring in a broader player base, it's, it's important that they try to make the game as accessible as possible. And I don't mean dumbing it down, but giving features so that, you know, players of all types can really enjoy the experience and get the most out of the experience. Because one of the things that really resonated with me was when Glenberg said, hey, and I'm going to get frustrated because I'm not going to be able to really like get, you know, involved in the lore because I won't be able to kind of, you know, use 
whatever, like, you know, the standard, you know, delivery method is, which is just having text. So I think that's just really important for them to to consider. And I hope they do, you know, have this in mind or at least have a way to kind of integrate it at some point, because I think that will also just really, you know, help make the game even better, right? And more accessible mm-hmm. to a, a broader audience that's really yeah. eager for something good. Yeah, I just think that's like such a really good, I mean, that seriously, Glenberg is a really good, really good discussion point. I, I, I already said it in chat. I really encourage you to whenever they pop up the Q&A thread, hopefully tomorrow, get in there and drop that on there, man. If you're not going to, let me know. I'll do it. I will actually make an effort to make sure I post that and and cite you in there because i think that's a really important question we think basil i mean i get it to an extent yeah is because like i have mild dyslexia so having one of the these features can help and it would be beneficial uh, to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and it's really at least for me it's really frustrating when it comes to spelling Mm. yeah yeah. Even, <laughs> because I've been in situations <laughs> where I spelled the wrong things at the wrong times. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, said the wrong things at the wrong times too. Anybody remember uh, that bestiality reference back in the day? Oh, I do. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh no. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, what he actually on your meant. Cheeks, by always the way. that red face or what? <laughs> oh, no? he's like it was my noodles from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Faisal, I totally agree, uh, dude. A lot of people don't know this about me, but you know, specifically when I was real young, I actually struggled with spelling in the same way, and it it took a lot of practice. And I'm at a point where I've kind of retrained my brain, but sometimes it's sort of like I still kind of slip. And I'll kind of recognize it like I was typing or something. And I was like, oh, what the hell? I have to go back and fix it. Um, so the funny yeah. thing is, for me at least, the more that I'm stressed, the more I'm, I get blind like a bat, essentially. Oh, you mean you <laughs> Which is horribly? very weird. Yeah. What? You mean typing wise, like typing things horribly or like actually visually? Like reading visually. I really? can't like. That's interesting. Yeah. Which is very weird. My, um, yeah. So no, yeah. I'm going to leave the psychoanalytic perspectives out of here that I would try to employ at this moment. But that's actually <laughs> really interesting. You know, this does make me wonder, though, right? They're working really closely with Epic Games. And they're working through the Unreal Engine, which is revolutionizing a whole whole lot of things. And Intrepid certainly isn't the only game studios doing that. So it almost seems like this would just be a really good discussion point to submit to the Epic game. Because they do these, like live streams pretty regularly i mean I've, I've followed them for a while obviously as someone who's kind of learning um unreal engine 5 and stuff for for things in the future for myself but um yeah i might that's that's i feel like that's actually a very interesting one because like we think about things like you know um you know like color blindness and and different things like that uh, you know things for key binds and inputs and stuff like that to make it easier uh for people who have other types of disabilities but even even for things like dyslexia or uh, people who are hearing impaired and stuff like that that could be very interesting i mean the th- same goes in reverse right if you had uh audio dialogue in the game if you created like the a caption option then that would help a lot of people as well so super super good discussion point i hope you do take that over to the uh to the forums, homie, for sure. Um, um, we ready? This is not a loot ninja thing, okay? We're treasure hunting. It's not loot ninja. I feel like there's going to be a lot of references thrown around. Uh, uh, it, it, 
you know, um, just incorrectly, um, unwarranted. Let's try to keep it to a bare minimum. Okay, thanks. All right, let's go in and talk about this, y'all. So the treasure hunting discussion, man, we have not really showcased this specifically. We've talked about it on the side of things like exploration of the world. I mean, certainly if we were to, you know, take a look, I'm going to kind of throw up this video that we got from Intrepid not too long ago. And so literally, you know, there's like some ruins there. The sun is shining. You've got um, this really nice, uh, you know, area where there's like a ruins and it's accessible. Like you can get there. There's no cold weather. There's no like ice freezing anything up. And there's like an opportunity to sort of like explore find some some epic loot some treasure something that perhaps was even like left behind from ages past it's just been there um because during the exodus they clearly didn't have time to grab everything on their way out nope they were trying oh no i didn't really need that question mark of what would you do on there okay that's going away now jesus I, I, I feel like I'm in Sim's head right now. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's open. Well, let me go explore. I want to note that the chest was open whenever the individual was walking up as well. True story. That That's like what, what Sim calls taking ninja loot or ninja looting from a baby, right? It's so oh, easy, no, but it's open. I call it, dude. I want to read something off the wiki. Treasure hunting is not exactly cartography. Cartography has come up recently, hasn't it? Pretty good ideas. I think we even chat about that recently. I can't remember if it was the last podcast or if it was in Friday's Ashes Talk or the post show last Sunday, somewhere in there. I remember talking about this. All of the above. Probably, yeah. Was <laughs> <laughs> that a reference? Damn it, Basil. It's not exactly cartography, but it does involve maps that help to pinpoint the location of hidden treasures throughout the world, right? The more treasure a player finds, the better maps they can create. Interesting. Seems like a really great opportunity for scribes. Hints are given through rumor mills, interaction with different NPCs and gaining access to potential dig sites. Now that second bullet point's a really great example um, from my perspective of uh, having a game that doesn't feel soulless. Like you go up and you could talk to somebody and it's like, yeah, I heard. And then you take this information, you combine it and you kind of figure some things out. Um, it was Friday. Thank you, Glumberg. I wasn't sure. Treasure hunting will be a way of life rather than a profession. Okay, Interesting. So treasures may also be obtained through fishing and by exploring naval content. I mean, totally makes sense. It's going to be interesting with fishing. Some games we've seen, you're sitting there, you, you toss out, you cast, you, you're reeling it in, you get a snug pull, you're pulling, you end up pulling a treasure chest out or you pull out some sort of like sack of sorts. So I can a get tire. that. A tire. <laughs> a tire, right? sack. Dude, you want to know, I'm going to show you a little bit of uh, story time with Sim. You want to hear this? When I was a kid, right, my grandparents lived out in the country. I went out and I was fishing and there was this pond, murky pond, right? And I'm fishing and I pull in what I, we think is like a big tire. It's a freaking snapping turtle, dude. That's right. You see these? Almost were gone, friends, right? Supervisor children. <laughs> Just <laughs> Anyway, it's a funny story, but. You know, thoughts about this? I think we kind of threw around some ideas about like, okay, well, if like, you know, 
wouldn't that be a really cool opportunity for scribes to kind of create maps? You could update your map. We talked about this on Friday, but treasure hunting, we've got a pretty good chunk of information on it right now. It seems like it's going to be a fun, a fun element to sort of like explore and chase. I know half tilt, man, we miss you, homie. He would be dying to talk about this right now mm-hmm. because he's so excited about the prospect of treasure hunting in ashes. Certainly it makes a ton of sense in naval content. So question mm-hmm. here, right, for you guys and something for us to talk about, generally all of you in chat as well, please share your thoughts on this one. If you're watching on YouTube, wherever, share it, share it, talk about it. Like treasures and adaptive content. Like I hear, I, I think of those words like treasures, treasure hunting, adaptive content. Nodes certainly are going to create a potential for adaptive content. Some levels of potentially procedural generation. Um, I mean, certainly we think about how nodes for uh, harvesting materials and things as they sort of propagate around the world. They're not going to be extremely static. You're not going to know exactly where they're going to be and predict them extremely well. We'll sort of move around. Um, I don't know, just like listening and thinking about all that. What what are some of your thoughts about some of those points? I mean, I'm a fan of anything that rewards exploration. And I I do like um I do like the fact that you could potentially find like map fragments and put them together and then maybe, you know, even that isn't necessarily like the end of it. You need like more information from NPCs, etc. Maybe it gives you clues on who to find. I mean, those are just like really fun things to do that don't necessarily um or they'd give variety to the gameplay versus like, you know, whatever the standard is, if you want to go out exploring. And and I like the fact that they refer to it as a way of life rather than a profession, um, because I think that just, you know, makes it just like one of those th- things you can do just for fun. Um, and I do like the fact that, um, you know, it's also something you could potentially do with others like, uh, you know, and and when they talk about rumor mills, I'm assuming there's like, you know, the bulletin boards they've talked about or interacting with your friends to say, hey, I found this map piece. You know, I've got, you know, piece A and somebody's like, well, I've got PC. Let's find piece B. Right. So it's like that kind of thing is just like it creates like a community. And plus, um, you know, if you're talking about maybe more rare or legendary items being part of that, I think we talked about breadcrumbs being like mm-hmm. the way potentially that some of those legendary items would be introduced. I think, again, it just kind of speaks to the fact that you will have opportunity mm-hmm. to really do like fun things that aren't necessarily like a standard gameplay route loot. Um, you can, you know, or loop rather, sorry, my, my Freudian mm-hmm. slip is showing. I was thinking of ninja looting, you know, looking at the dark lead with that reference. When you said a way of life, I was like, oh, here we go. And he didn't do it. And I was like, all right, thanks, man. Well, as you can see from behind me, it's a pirate life. So I was just trying to honor the Dark Overlord by, you know, talking about, you know, loot. I am not a pirate. That doesn't apply to me. And everyone around me knows I'm not a pirate. A, I wouldn't be. All right. I wouldn't. Pirates not life is not for me. All right. It's not. And it's important you all really understand that about me. It's not for me. It's okay. We appreciate you sharing your childhood story about how you almost (laughs) lost a five-figure discount. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I I do think treasure hunting is is a good addition to the game. (laughs) That was good. Damn it. 
the true life uh, of a pirate. He needs shit. to have some missing limbs. <laughs> uh, Captain Five Finger Discount over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay. So, for me, I think I'm gonna go to multiple phases. I'm gonna go with the general consensus of it. Um, I think. Um, Treasure hunting should be uh, thematical, where every region has its own different um, event or way of expressing its own, um, what's it called, exploration and treasure hunting. Mm. Um, that being said, also different types of traps for these uh, uh, treasure hunts make it more like desirable and challenging for people to do because if it was just like oh man like attach these pieces together and just go to there and you'll find it i'm like sure <laughs> okay <laughs> there's nothing much to it it's just like i need to find the pieces get the reward and go out um but the sense of risk of losing i feel like that that can play like a small role to to having an, a nice feeling to what you can get. Um, mm. Now, how the way they should be able to do things, um, collect, as they just suggested, collect the pieces of the map. You're able to solve quests or challenges along the way. Um, maybe access new areas or instances. That is also a possibility. Um, and I'm not gonna lie. In the video where they showed uh, like the discussion of uh, treasure hunting, the chest looks way worth more than what's inside. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wanted to reflect on something from Friday, and I saw the comment chat from Meatloaf, and then I saw one I think from maybe Meat Hooks was if I'm not mistaken too, or maybe maybe that was Meatloaf as well. But either way, Friday we had a good conversation on this, and and there was like this dynamic idea that Meatloaf had, and it was basically like you know sort of based on like a, let's say something were to like spawn, and I, I like asked him about this to make sure I understood it correctly, but the idea is essentially like. Let's say there are like a bunch of different points in an area on a map, right? And let's say zone A has five different spawn points for a treasure chest, right? Um, and let's say that there's like multiple quadrants in which there are spawn points that could swap between the different ones. And each individual one could be the potential place a chest spawns next. So it's pretty randomized already. And the idea would be if it were to like, you know, it were to sort of spawn somewhere, like, and because of the fact there's more randomization to it, like, how about if, like, the longer it's there and it has, you know, the longer it hasn't been discovered, uh, sort of like a timer to quarter, sort of increase, like, the, like, loot it potentially can drop? I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Um, the other idea, the one I actually shared that I want to make sure I kind of spit out there and then we can kind of chip away at this as well, was in the Elder Scrolls Online, in the very beginning... Now, I'm going to look, I'm going to have negative things to say here because they kind of botched this up. 
But mm. there are add-ons, add-ons in that game, right? You can get like the lost treasure add-on. It'll literally show you on your map. It'll put an X on your map. You know exactly where to go to get it, right? Now, the closer yeah. you get to it, like you still got to like look around for the mound of dirt because it, it shows it on your your map. But that isn't gonna like it's not putting a marker there for you or anything. Although there could be an add-on that does. I don't know. Um, but originally, before the add-ons existed for such things. It was like very organic. Like you would literally be out there doing your thing and you'd come across the map. It could fall off of a mob. You could, you know, loot it from something, get it from a chest that's hidden in the world. And it would be like, there's a lost treasure chest. And it's literally, you double click on this thing in your inventory and it would pop up this like parchment, little, little chunk of parchment on your screen, a little small map. And it would essentially just be a drawing of yep. like a landscape, right? It was like, here's a hill, a tree, maybe some ruins in the background, a yep. couple rocks in front of you. And you see the perspective and they put a little spot right there, a little X. And it's like, it's right there. So you, it didn't mark anything. You literally had to, had to figure out in that zone, right? Cause it would be like Grotwood, for example, treasure map. You'd have to literally figure out in that zone, what terrain would look like that and go look for it organically. I thought that was a really good, it was, it could be quite tedious and taxing initially to find it. The bummer and it's still the bummer with treasure chest in that game of that form. They just don't freaking deliver on loot. It doesn't feel epic. It doesn't feel like you found something really valuable, really badass, like really brag worthy. Um, so I thought that was like that game did the idea behind treasure really well. Cause you clearly had to work for it. You could show it to people and they might be like, Oh, I know where that's at. And maybe they could go sort of point it out. But like the idea of having to organically go find it. And then there being like a significant reward to it. Um, I think they unfortunately just really, um, it's a very big missed opportunity from my perspective in that game for that treasure system. Um, but anyway, that's that's kind of my perspective on that. Now, there was also this idea of like we talked about on Friday, which was scribes being able to sort of up like create a map with different location points that people were able to like submit. Maybe they gather the data from, from some scientific means, whatever, but you could get it and then you could like update your world map with like locations um, or zone map with locations from a scribe. So that was a pretty cool idea of being able to like have a scribe, create a map, update your own default world map essentially, and be able to do that periodically as potentially nodes and zones of influence, you know, died versus grew, you know, maybe a metropolis gets taken out. Now another one rises up. Now things change. Certain things are hidden. Certain things are visible and found again. Um, any of those discussion points. I know it was a lot, technically about three points, but I wanted to get them all out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like on, on your point around, you know, loot that you would achieve, I think like the biggest takeaway is something you've said previously, um, Sim, and it's, it's been around being respectful to players time. If you're going to put, I mean, again, I think at, at a surface level, what you described is exactly what I would envision, like how from an execution standpoint would, what would work really well in terms of treasure hunting is having like, Okay, here are some landmarks. I kind of know where this is, but I still need to do some searching. Right? I think that's one way you could really deliver on a good experience. But at the end of the day, like, you know, that, you know, 
pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, it better be something significant or at least something that's but, worth the time investment. And I'm not saying like it should be like a legendary all the time, but it should be something that does. And if it means that the general like treasure is more rare then fine, but it should be something of significance that is worth a player's time. And sorry, Faisal, you had a point. No, no, I just wanted to say is uh, what there is, there's a lot of bad pirates out there. You got you got uh, Captain F- Five Finger Discounts over here, uh, stashing his loot in, in the most random of places with the with the worst of loot. <laughs> oh my gosh, whoever that is is not me, right? Just no, not I'm not a captain, right? Wow, the reference. I know Magisto, although that doesn't really mean a lot coming from you considering the Ninja Loot references earlier. Just saying. <laughs> oh my goodness. I forgot my second point there because Basil threw me off my game. <laughs> Promoted to Captain Grats. <laughs> but uh, but I I do feel like uh you know, it is important to make it worth a player's time. I think that's like that's paramount. And I, I do feel it's it's also important to which is, again, a, I would say good around add ons. Right. I am glad once again. You know, being a recovered add on junkie, right, that there aren't no uh, aren't any add ons in ashes, because that also, while it was convenient, did, you know, minimize the experience in like world of warcraft because world of warcraft had something similar right and you had like icons upon icons upon icons in every zone if you downloaded certain add-ons to be able to do it and actually even new world actually now that i think about it did like kind of had the chest thing and it was cool for a while but it just became this endless like farming loop as opposed to something that was unique and different and and ultimately like rewarding and fun it was it was i would say lucrative uh to be able to do that but it was just again what i would equate to like another daily to do is like hey let's go Mm, farm and we're doing like a loop around this one part of the map and that's how we get our loot and potentially we may get upgrades um, but most of the time we're getting like crafting materials and maybe, you know, something we could potentially use or sell. Yeah. You know, as we were talking about this, I was just thinking about exploration via ships and harbors. And I was thinking about coastal nodes and how the harbors and coastal nodes are going to have like, you know, things for like quest lines for like different islands nearby that would be very interesting, right? To like have like sort of quests that popped up and not just like coastal node locations at harbors, but like, you know, sort of like different areas. Like I would be interesting to see if they were to utilize the quest system to sort of like lead people to treasure or at least clues about how to find certain things. Um, That would be very interesting. And I was also thinking about how harbors could, it would be a very good use for harbors in the world to um, offer maybe potentially tools for either different mariner classes or just a modification for ships. Um, so that way, like, you know, I imagine like deep sea diving, perhaps 
I don't know how possible that's going to be to like, you know, really dive down far into the water. But if, if that was a possibility in ashes and, you know, I mean, hell, maybe that could even be a Mariner class. I don't know, but to be able to like dive down deep and go far, find treasure and then like need some sort of like an augment to your ship to be able to basically go above it and sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the work of trying to pull that chest out that was found. And I kind of think about what's the, uh, the, the Dagum game, the arcade game where you go and you, they've got a bunch of stuff in this, you know, box, apparently this clear box and they've got the, the, the grapple, claw. the claw, the claw <laughs> game. And you basically have to drop it down and you try to grab it. That would be, that would be, I mean, that would probably be taxing and annoying for people. But again, if the loot was really good, and, you know, this would also engage in, like, the importance of harbors being utilized. It would be a place that you'd have more traffic for people who were engaging in this sort of, like, naval content. But they go, they find it, they go, and they have to go above. And they've got to, like, position their ship correctly to even be able to get it. And that would be a lot of coordination, too. You know, think about, like, the deep sea crews that are, like, running treasure runs and stuff. The people that love naval content specifically. And that would be That would be a very interesting and probably you know, potentially really rewarding game to play. I mean, imagine if they just like, if like one of the ways to acquire these really rare materials wasn't just in-game rating, wasn't just all these other PVE dynamics, but they were also like grabbing treasure chests. I mean, think about the fights that could happen in the open sea, but imagine if there was a chance, a pretty high chance even um, for something deep, deep down that could take you time to get and therefore risk versus reward, put you at risk of potentially being attacked by somebody who figures out that you're working hard to pull something up. And the reward of that conflict and that risk being like some serious materials, like seriously valuable materials for making really, really high level in-game gear. Ooh. Imagine, Sim, if, if you were trying to do one of the treasure chests and uh -huh. you would just go that deep inside of the water and you summon a kraken because of it. Oh, my God, dude. Right? That massive fish. Oh, uh -huh. It's like sitting on his head and it's been asleep under the sand for like 2,000 years. Yep. You go and you pull it off and it like rips off the barnacle off of its like nose. And now you see bubbles coming out. It's like, uh oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And now it just runs around the ocean wreaking havoc on harbors, right? Taking, yep. put damaging harbors, damaging things that are important for the people that are engaging in naval content. Man, talk about like meaningful conflict, like both for players uh -huh. and like in the PvE sense. That's freaking such a good idea, man. It really is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Snapping turtle times a million. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that that beast in the ocean they showcased was so yeah. effing big. Just the thought of fighting that thing. I mean, that thing that looks like a a multiple ship naval battle that could go so wrong if you don't coordinate that. Oh, and so many beautiful like opportunities for just like devastation to players and their ships. Yeah, and I think with the Mariner class piece, I was actually thinking about this um, and as I was putting some thoughts together around Mariner classes in general. And I think it is really it would be really neat to kind of integrate like, you know, in the Mariner class, like maybe an ability to do like diving more efficiently, like 
maybe being able to hold your breath longer, being able to craft equipment to be able to like, you know, go in kind of, you know, deep confined areas. Um, and I, I love the idea of having rare materials be out in like the naval areas. And I think like the claw bit, I don't know that I'm a fan of because that was a source of frustration due to my oh, um, you look like that <laughs> yeah i was like no don't but <laughs> but i think there's a way to make that interesting without being too taxing also because we like we have had games um that have had like skills or buttons you need to press in an active way to fish i could kind of see that like with that claw thing being like another mini game where you would need like and you might be able to upgrade that claw on your ship with like increased tensile strength so you have a little bit more like leeway and for the rope not breaking or what have you right so there's a lot of things you can do with that to make that part of these upgrade trees they talked about is what what is your ship supposed to do or what's its purpose is it a naval ship is it a trade ship is it a you know, treasure hunting ship, mm. you know, I mean, I think those are kind of things where you can add, again, horizontal uh, progression to the game and give players a chance to differentiate, mm. right? And potentially, just like a master crafter, somebody with a really good setup for a treasure hunting ship could also be like a career in the game, too. Mm. Yep. What do you all think about the idea of ships being able to place like proximity traps around on the water to kind of help defend their perimeter from other ships that are coming. Yes. Kind of view that like, as like an idea I just had <clears throat> on the fly right now, but the idea was like, I thought of large scale PVP and like, like Cyrodiil campaigns, for example, or like any castle siege sort of situation in MMORPGs where You've got to like get your ballistas, right? Your trebuchets or things of that nature. And they've sort of got like a lifespan on them, specifically in like the Elder Scrolls. You got like your your hot oil and stuff. And these things can be sitting there, but like as long as they sit there, the timer sort of either goes down or based on usage, the time goes down. I feel like with a trap, it would be based on time. That would be interesting. Um, okay, two conditions. Sure. One, not spammable. Like you would have a limit of two or three max. Mm-hmm. Proximity, um, maybe two in an area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and two, the timer would be short. How short you think would be work worthwhile? Like I, I think know. it should be a getaway mechanic rather than a something that stays there for a century and kaboom later on. <laughs> like maybe a minute or two, then you basically because if you see people five or like ten minutes, I think would be fine. In yeah, my opinion. I think it also depends on like mm. like if it's only gonna be a couple minutes versus like five or something, five or ten, then like maybe like the require like the resources aren't gonna be as hefty to make them, you know. But then you got like the element of weight too, right? Because that would be interesting at play. Yeah. You got your bag space based on weight, how much you can carry, how that would contribute into that, that idea. Just, uh, yeah, like a buoy, like and Cheryl's kind of referencing. Are we, are we considering it as an ability as well? Where if I use one, uh, it stays on a cooldown, or is it just I'm I able think, to spam? 
I'm thinking of it in li- as like a craftable, but I like the idea of like, you've got to connect them to be useful, which is kind of what Cheryl's talking about with like dropping buoys and having nets to connect between them. Like, I like that because then like having it down and having a timer doesn't really like, it's not going to just like pop out and like trap everything in it. Um, although that would be really cool, right? Like you get within proximity and there's like a net around it and it like pops and all of a sudden these spikes come out and boom, holes in the ship. Or the mm. shit, or like the the netting mechanic of like creating an artificial wall, um, but that's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, like the the cost benefit analysis there, like how 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 uh you know how expensive is it going to be to sort of make these to carry them? Like cost benefit is it going to be a lot of additional weight? Can you only have so many? I like the idea of only having so many down. If you connect them though, I would probably say like in that situation only so many walls perhaps which is gonna like that would be pretty be pretty interesting you create like sort of like a barrier or sort of a straight wall you could do different things but that would be it's it's one of those things i think about and it's like do you want that to relate to a mariner class so if they place them down there's like a higher timer um is it something that launches from the ship and then you need like some sort of a mechanism on the ship to do it like modular wise uh it's interesting it's just a random thought but things like that interest me um, and then it also reminds me that we know so little about so much still. By the way, in terms of traps, what do you mean by traps? Well, I mean, like, do you versus... mean explosives damage wise or do you mean slow stuns and roots? Uh, multiple. So I'm thinking things that are going to like sort of like hinder movement. I think spikes that mm-hmm. would put holes in the ship that maybe get our pair. Um, a net that might like caught them to get caught, caught up or stop them from progressing forward. Um, mm-hmm. Although buoys with like nets, I don't know how much that would actually do. Um, explosive ones could be interesting, too. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of thinking across the board, just kind of like throwing some random ideas out and seeing what people yeah. think about it. That'd be Great interesting. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I would, I would say along those lines too, I, I agree with you, Faisal, that it's gotta be, there's gotta be some limits on it. So either like a relatively short timer, it's not spammable, right? It takes a decent amount of materials. You can only have so many on your ship. I do think it would be good just because I, I mean, I'm a kind of a crafting nut. I would like it to be as opposed to a skill that you just kind of get. I would love to see it be like something craftable or like a modification you put on your ship to say, okay, I can drop, you know, mines or spike traps or something to be able to protect my ship in a situation. And I think there should be like a limited amount that you could do like in either scenario, whether it's just placing something like in the world to kind of protect your area or like a getaway mechanic too. Yeah. I think those are, those are like, I would say again, when we talk about like the skill trees and like leveling up your Mariner class and having like some specialization options, I think that's also, again, like a way to have horizontal progression, give you a variety of things to do. And on the larger ships, your crew can really, truly differentiate. So you don't have like everybody that has like pretty much the same skills, right? You want to be able to have like a good variety as yeah. well. Um, then, then an additional question to the crafting nut. Would you want 
these traps to be designed when you craft the boat to be designed that way. What I mean by that, when you make a boat, you make the add-ons of what mines it can hold. Mm. Or do you want a boat that would just uh, comp- uh, compensate all? Say I would want it to be craftable, but only attachable in a dock. Meaning if you go out there and you're like, before you go out there, you're like, hmm, I want these two or three things like a harpoon to catch fish. I want, you know, yeah. something for traps. I want like a claw to pick up treasure, right? You can't go in and be like hot swap it while you're at sea. I mean, you've made your yeah. choice, make good choices. And if you, you know, happen to choose wrong, depending on what your area is, then it is what it is. But I I think that should also be like a risk reward mechanism. In addition to it being something like you can spec in, you're like, hey, I'm going in this area. I know I might encounter these types of threats or this type of loot or whatever. I, Mm. I think that would be something where you can you can control it from being just like you can't, you know, potentially like swap skills and like in combat or, you know, like something like the wow mechanic where you have to be in a town to change your spec or what have you. Mm. Right. I kind of feel like that would be a good mechanism to control people from being a Jack of all trades at sea. Cause that would just, yeah. in my opinion, be overpowered. Absolutely. I think that I, Fair enough. I saw, I saw a comment chat can become OP if not careful. Agree. I think that's where it's important that there's like, the, you really look at the risk versus reward. You want there to be enough risk you know, for the reward you're working on achieving. Um, also, Cheryl had a good idea too. You realize that putting any more down would make navigation impossible for you too. Um, that's interesting. Um, it, it'd be curious to see what people come up with. I also thought too, when Faze um, was talking about it, right? So you talked about ship building. Like, yes. so would this, would something like this seem more, in the ballpark for ship builders considering are we thinking somewhere more like maybe maybe this these things could even come from different professions like maybe some are carpentry some are from siege weapons i don't know um potentially or or any of those things like or do you think that they should be like specifically in the shipbuilding area since they're for naval content i mean it could go across the board at least and from my perspective, mm. like if you're talking about explosive traps, you can go for the alchemist. Uh, the, I think they Together. should be able to create create those. If you're talking about harpoons, blacksmith. Mm. Um, if you're talking about um, wooden traps uh, like nets, I think with carpenters or uh, leather work. No, leather work doesn't make sense. Carpenters. Um and the same thing goes for how strong or how fast you want your ship to be or how how armored you want it it could go mm-hmm. to different professions as well if you want to um but that being said if it's going to be split upon the existing roles of crafters you will um you will not have that person that creates a ship no more because you've already split it up to these people. Yeah. If that makes sense. I kind of wonder if this, some, if this could also be made in the way that enchants could be. That would be interesting. Possible. 
Maybe and then utilize to like player stalls and then maybe specific to like docks or something. That'd be kind of fun. Mm. One thing that I maybe think of is I do feel like like at least directionally, it makes more sense to have the Mariner stuff be self-contained to a point like the Mm. schematics, the designs, like the different classes of ships, the different Mm. modifications are are crafted by the Mariner class. However, the dependency and the community loop in is processed materials. Like I can't make, I don't know, a claw without talking to a blacksmith because I need this type of refined steel, right, to be able to do that. So I think that's where the interaction point I feel would make most sense versus like potentially like actual parts of like a blacksmith might make because then i feel like at that point you're really diluting what those other like i don't want to say master professions but what those other more common professions would do because as a blacksmith just for argument's sake at some point am i really gonna want to veer off into like naval stuff and be the expert in naval stuff or would I rather do something mm-hmm. that's maybe more part of the honestly, I don't want to see even core gameplay because naval could be a pretty significant part of gameplay, but something that's maybe more mainstream versus something that maybe potentially could be more niche. So that's kind of where I would probably draw the line. It would be more the interaction point might be at the processing uh, stage of the crafting. And like you said, Sim, around but on the other hand, mm. right, you might need rare materials to supply to, you know, crafters that you find out at sea. So, again, there's still that symbiotic relationship. You still have that community building aspect and you're but you're not like, you know, not to really like beat a dead horse with the naval reference. But no man is an island at that point. Right. Because you've got that ability to interact between the different professions and even as a you know as a mariner class you've you've got that in with crafters and you need to have a network of crafters to work with in order to really i wouldn't say get the best but you know customize your ship the way you want it to yeah yep. that's interesting definitely like the idea so I, I i definitely would want to welcome anyone who's got any of these random off the wall ideas about pretty much anything we've been talking about to just drop them in discord like under the ashes of creation channel the ashes pathfinder channel too um just at me in there you can uh shoot me a dm on twitch which i barely ever get to see those um or comments on the youtube as well we'll definitely pull from community you know stuff and things feedback i definitely think i'm going to chat about some of this a little bit more in the post show but um as we have actually hit most of our topics i think we're going to wrap this up and wind this down um again i do want to stress um that intrepid has not posted the next dev live stream yet but i'm working under the assumption it's still going to be friday normally we kind of like pop that up and i say hey go do this go do that not really able to do that because it hasn't gone up so hopefully we'll see it tomorrow Uh, remember if they do pop that up we're going to be limited probably more limited on time this week to get any questions in for the uh the q a portion of the developer live stream if you want to try to get that in gentlemen any final thoughts around anything we talked about that you feel like you'd want to chime in on any loose thoughts to cover before we wrap this up no, I think I got it all out. Yeah. Um, 
Sweet, man. Well, everybody, it's been a hell of a time as always. Stay tuned for the Pathfinder post show here in about five to 10. But with that being said, uh, gentlemen, why don't you shout out your domains or where people can find you when you're not on this podcast, Daedalus? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And Faisal. You guys can find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Bagel108. Right. And they're always linked in chat via my mods. So shout out to mods for doing their work. Appreciate y'all very much. Everybody, it was great to have you here live. Always a pleasure. Always a good time. We're going to wrap this episode up. Stay tuned for the post show. But until next time, remember, we might be at the end of today's show. You two are an Ashes Pathfinder, right? If you're here as a part of the conversation, if you tune in on like YouTube and you go and you drop a comment, you, you you contribute anywhere, you follow the show, you're part of the journey. And by the way, we got some people recently who've been tuning in to the earliest episodes of this podcast back when it was called the Simcast over on YouTube. They've been commenting. So that's been interesting. They're planning on going all the way through it. I'm like, oh, it's a journey challenge is not for the the faint of heart it takes fortitude at this point with 186 episodes but i believe in you right remember you're all pathfinders we appreciate you and much love to all of you and intrepid studios until next week live your best lives walk in the light and have a great night everybody we'll see you soon good night take care everybody Bye.